0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hi, I'm John Rogers. I created the
2: show Leverage and Road Transformers and you're listening to Genretainment.
1: Well, welcome, everybody. Joining us for this 100th episode of Genretainment. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so we have with us today, very first guest we ever had on, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's back with us, Victor Miller, Emmy Award-winning writer and probably most well-known by many people or many of our listeners as the writer of the original Friday the 13th. Thank you for joining us, Victor.
3: Thank you for asking me. I'm glad to be here.
4: Or if, if you're like my mother, known for... Uh, of all the writing you did on all my children.
3: Oh yes, well, I I had to uh, pay for some college education along the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then we have Ian Collin with us, who uh, many of you, if you're a listener of, of Sci-Fi Pulse Radio channel, probably know his our was a brother sister show. I don't know. We'll call it sister show. Sibling <laughs> show. Sibling show. Uh, SFP now that he is the host of and of course the founder of SciFiPulse.net.
0: Hello, Ian. No, I'd call it The Founding Show because uh, Sci-Fi Pulse Radio started with Sci-Fi Pulse and it kind of evolved into SFP now. There you go.
1: (laughs) There you go. If you can't tell by his accent, he's over there in the UK.
4: Across the pond. And we do like to mock him occasionally, just for fun. (laughs)
1: Last but not least with us is Jeff Burns, the chairman of the International Academy of Web Television He is also the co-host of Super Geeked Up and uh, the creator of the web series Super Knocked Up.
2: And he's super. Oh, thanks. Hey, guys. Great to be back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's great to have all three of you joining us, me and Julie. And we're just going to talk a little bit about genre-tainment and about genre stuff in general. I just want to
4: know if Jeff's going to name everything with the word super in front of it.
1: Super and then up. Yep, it's going to become the Super
0: International Academy of Web Television. (laughs) Up. (laughs) Up.
4: (laughs) That's true. Up is on the end of it, too.
0: Guess he ran out (laughs) of (laughs) alternatives.
1: Exactly. So, I guess one good way to maybe start off is a little bit about, and we can start with Ian. Talk a little bit about how we started, genretainment first joined up with Sci Fi Pulse. (laughs) Because <laughs> honestly, I can't remember. Maybe,
0: even, maybe what'd be
1: interesting is how we even met up in the first place. So how uh, did we meet?
0: How do you remember that, Ian? Um, I remember meeting you through. It was when um, a I think it was then. I think it was then. Sci-fi portal oh, um, yeah. with S Y F Y, which is kind of like in the medical dictionary. It's kind of like um, an abbreviation for a uh, syphilis. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's you know. But I met you in the, I met you guys in in the chat room of um, of Mike Kimman's old old uh, old podcast, and it was probably around about the same time or sh- you know shortly before I started uh podcasting as Sci Fi Pulse. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Julie and I used to write for uh, uh, Sci Fi Portal. Oh, you used to write for Rabbit Doll. I you used wrote to write for, for Rabbit, Rabbit Doll mostly. Yeah,
4: I did a lot of reviews and and articles for that. I'd forgotten about that.
1: We did a few guest hosting for his podcast
4: yeah yeah
1: we kind of marks and i
4: were substitute hosts for a previous show
1: mm-hmm. and then we
4: took show entertainment to another mm-hmm. before we were with yeah
0: we went to blog talk radio yeah right ndb media yeah mm-hmm. you brought in but um, for whatever reasons um we can't really go into them. You, you guys were not really too happy with the, uh, with the deal you was getting with Roger and, you know, the knack of support.
4: Yeah, essentially, Marks and I have been independent contractors, I guess. <laughs> we're
0: mercenary podcast. We're
4: the mercenary podcast. <laughs> I like um, that better.
1: But yeah, so the first few episodes of Jean Entertainment were over there at NDB Media on, yeah. on Blog Talk Radio. See,
4: I need you guys around because I don't remember any mm-hmm. of this crap.
1: And then we bounced over to uh, you know Sci-Fi Pulse Radio's channel on Blog Talk Radio,
4: and obviously we've been very happy because that... we've been here for a long time. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, which
0: at the time, if I, if you remember, at the time, a uh, Sci-Fi Pulse, you know, Blog Talk Radio was a uh, was pulling in you know quite quite a large audience on on Blog Talk Radio, as as was your show. And I think what what happened is it just kind of made sense for us to sort of come together because both shows, were more or less, kind of like, there similarities those similar enough to actually go well together. Yeah. Um on both have channels. a nice
1: geek audience. So
4: now we had Victor. Was was Victor yeah. our first guest on
1: Yeah, he's first sci-fi? guest.
4: No, but on yeah. just in general? Yep. Or on sci-fi post?
1: For the show named Jean <gasps>
4: Wow, Victor, congratulations. <laughs> we really well, should thank have you. we should have sent you like a medal or a blue ribbon or something.
3: <laughs> a statuette.
4: Yeah. That <laughs> says I'm number one. <laughs>
3: Yes. <laughs> number 1 dad.
4: There you go. It is You know, Father's Day.
1: I didn't think about this but in sort of a way, all three guests are first or number ones in something because Ian <laughs> <laughs> You
4: you all were our first. I I think Mark's needs to reword yeah, that.
1: Cuz I've heard that
3: one before.
4: He's <laughs> never believed it.
1: But uh, you know, Ian is number one number one partner or whatever i don't know how it word yeah. that but but then victor is number one guest we ever had on john entertainment and then jeff is our number one guest to do our game show segment which we were talking about we might do again someday in the future so, so it's a All right. it's a nice little coincidence victor how was uh you know how do you remember us way back in 2012 which is when john entertainment first started what was that experience like on your end
3: well uh i found you know the there's a whole raft of uh, of a continuum of uh, interviewers and you were well informed and uh curious and asked good questions and i don't think i'm not sure i i don't usually keep records of these things um did did mark pile ask uh how did you get the idea for friday the 13th i don't think you did which puts you in the a list right <laughs>
1: off okay
3: and that's uh, so I, I remember you quite well and thank you very much for, for the inclusion.
1: Yeah, it was a great interview. It's still a very popular one. Another one that's really popular, you did come back with us for our Halloween special. Yeah. We that had was a, fun. a number of guests on and talked about well, Halloween, but also mainly about horror movies. So that one was a very popular episode and still gets gets a lot of downloads. So yeah.
3: Oh neat. Neat. Yeah. Good to hear. Well, my mother my mother said um that I was going to be the premier charter member of the Sound of Your Own Voice Club. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she was projecting, but, um, you know, the apple does not far, fall far from the acorn. So that's that. <laughs>
4: but you have a very lovely voice. You have a nice nice well, voice for radio. Yeah, you have very good yeah. radio
3: voice. I think so, and I think my mother was jealous.
4: <laughs> I bet so. You know, she probably couldn't get that real deep masculine, you know. It's a little hard well, to
3: who knows? <laughs> we'll never know now.
1: Yeah. Actually, I guess in related news in a way, I think, if I remember this correctly, the actress who played Jason Voorhees' mother passed mm-hmm. away not too long ago.
3: Betsy Palmer. Yeah. Yes. Rest in peace. She was a wonderful, wonderful actress. And uh, I think if anybody else had been in the part, uh, we wouldn't be chatting today.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and Jeff, you know, you, you've you been on the show a few times. Recently, on the Super Geeked Up episode, where we did some, we played some games, and then way back when, which I can't, I should have looked it up. I don't remember what episode it was. Uh, about Super Knocked Up, which led to our first little blooper episode, if I remember correctly.
4: Oh yeah, it was about fifteen <laughs> minute mm-hmm. blooper episode. If you guys <laughs> trying to say, and you're listening to Genre Retainment. Yeah. It is that's difficult that's when that. everyone's in different locations.
2: That's another first, right? We were the first blooper. It, only, you're only, the only. I think only and the only.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Take, take great pride in that.
4: <laughs> I think Marx has thought about trying to do a blooper of all the times when he and I are trying to record our intro and outro and we screw up and I get the giggles and can't stop. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, I, t- I tell you something guys, if we was actually going to go through every single show that I've done, because I've been podcasting since 2009, wow. you know, we've probably got a ton of, you know, we've probably got several hundred hours of bloopers. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we had some funny things at the beginning, because Marks and I used to do Genretainment live. Blood talk radio, yeah. Yeah, we quickly learned that was a bad idea.
1: Um, yeah, I don't like live. It's quite as, quite well, as well. A lot of hey, times, <laughs> our show. I do our show live every week.
4: Yeah, well, Marks Whoa, for and you. I were, Marks and I were, many times it was me rushing home from work and he's already logging on and I just basically run in the door and kind of slide into the chair and uh, no time to prepare whatsoever. And then it is, we do record at home and so we have, um, Three cats that always seem to be making a hilarious appearance at the most inopportune times. So we, we decided that it was easier if we could edit some of their, <laughs> their antics out. <laughs>
1: Plus if the phone rings, you can kind of edit that ring.
4: out, would ring. Know? The phone would ring, I'd be running into the other room answering, going real slow, real softly. We're on air, I can't talk right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and blood Girl, just- We should become a YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, we should play around with Google Hangout a little bit, but I don't want to do that all the time. Uh, I don't know how you do it every week, Jeff. It's, no, it's...
4: I don't want to have to, like, not only put on makeup, but necessarily comb my hair <laughs> <And> <laughs> for this.
1: And kind of a related note way. I've been doing a, um, a video series for the IEW TV, kind of moderating a series about, with, with different guests on, about you know different topics. Like recently, we had an episode about writing for web series, and that's done through Google Hangouts, mm-hmm. similar to how Super Geeked Up is. You know, it's it's tricky to do that.
4: It <laughs> is. Hats off to you, Jeff, because like I said, I most of the time am doing this in my pajamas. <laughs> and uh, I like it that way.
1: <laughs> and, and they need a setting on Google Hangout where, like, you can make it where you don't see yourself because I always get distracted. Every time you talk, you know, whoever's talking pops up on the screen. You're, yeah. That's your face main.
4: pops up. So
1: you're like trying to talk and you're suddenly your face is popping up. It's kind of distracting to me. I think
4: that's just Mark, you don't you like, like staring
1: looking... at yourself.
4: No, I think maybe he likes staring at himself.
3: Yeah.
1: He
4: finds it. It's sort of like when you put a, you know, the mirror in front of the cat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I pop up like, Oh, Hey there. Hey. Oh, Hey there.
0: <laughs> looking, looking good tonight. He's that hot. Yeah, i, I just I just put a brown paper back over my head. That's all that one.
1: <laughs>
4: That's why I always think you look like that.
1: <laughs> so for each of you guys, kind of curious what, what creative things you've been up to since we last spoke.
4: Yeah, let's uh, start with Victor, yes. our, our first guest. You can be the first to cool. uh, start.
3: <clears throat> okay, um, let's see. Just uh, the, the two things right now that are going on. One is uh, a screenplay I co-wrote with a friend of mine named Carrie Fleming, who lives in Maryland. I've now written three or four screenplays uh, on Skype. As a plug for Skype that we're on right now. <laughs> and, um, and it really works uh, extremely well. And I, I much prefer writing with somebody than, uh, than solo, because uh, it always pushes me further and further. Anyway, we are shopping that around. We've got people um, looking for cash, and uh, that's called Rock, Paper, Dead. And, uh, oh,
0: cool.
3: So there's, uh, so there's that. That's a full screenplay, and it could be made for anywhere from uh, $250,000 up to 5 or $10 million, uh, depending on uh, how much you have in your pocket. <laughs> and uh, I have lent. That,
1: That's about
3: it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> I also went on uh, Twitter and found an old friend of mine who's a famous actor who shall remain nameless, uh, but we knew each other when we were 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. I found him on Twitter, and we, we re-upped, and he's 75, and I'm 75, and uh, so uh, he said, why don't we write a screenplay together, and I said, oh, fine, and he had an idea, so we started talking on Skype, and uh, we've now, we're about to shop that around, but we're we're trying to come up right now with the kind of a lookbook thing, uh, so that it's a, a way of showing producers and, and backers uh, what style we're looking for, and and what kind of a uh, production it's going to be, and. So that's I have not been idle, not a bit.
4: That's great. And so I think that's interesting. You're really enjoying because technology has just taken off in just the last few years. You know, Mark and I have talked about. I made it all the way through college and never even had a computer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and now everything is. Uh, we're all. We have so much technology now, and, and Skype—you don't have to worry about calling long distance. And uh, I'm guessing you're—you're right. you're really in, seems like you've really embraced that, and you're really enjoying that.
3: Oh, it's—it's it's wonderful. And don't forget, I started in, uh, in the soap opera business in like 1982 at uh, One Life to Live, and when network gave you notes and you had to change the breakdowns you were writing, um, you had to use Avery label tape and then type over that piece of tape over that thing. And a lot of times I would fight uh, network notes just because I didn't want to do the work of re- revising.
1: <laughs>
3: and I, I really didn't care, but um, I said, no, I'll, I'll go to the the mat on this, you know. And it's just That would have been a whole paragraph of Avery label tape.
4: <laughs> I, I feel your pain. I wrote a lot of, for school, a lot of research papers on a typewriter. Oh, God. And uh, even just a 20-page research paper with, you know, in-text citations, it's a nightmare. You know, you think, oh, I just had to retype this page, but then that makes everything off, so then you have to retype everything after that, you know.
3: Once, uh, I think I started on WordStar in 19-something or other, and, uh, and then went, and I just never looked back.
4: Did you ever have one of those brother word processors? Um, well, I- it sounded no. like a machine gun going off in the house when it would print. I had one. I had one in college. I know exactly
2: what you mean. Oh my god! Yeah, I
4: my dad had one. He went to college when I was like in middle school, and they made such a big deal. Oh, you got to go to bed early. Then my dad would come home at like after second after his second shift was over, and it would be after midnight. It sounded like a machine gun going off in the house. It was horrible. So yes, yeah, much I mean, as I gripe about technology, there are some definitely some things that are better.
0: It's it's been amazing actually over the last uh, you know thirty odd years. Like I remember when I first started using computers, I was using sort of like BBC Micros and and, and stuff like that. And, you know the old BBC Micros. Anyone remember those? I have no idea what you're talking nope. about.
1: Don't know what that is.
0: No. Well, you know, so sort of like um, they're they're sort of like a uh, poor predecessor to the PCs we've got now. Or, you know, and it was a company called BBC, but it wasn't the BBC, which I always found strange. <laughs> That's Yeah, <confusing.
1: laughs>
0: that is. Those were around sort of like late eighties.
4: Huh. I don't know. My I got my first computer when I got Marks. So. Oh uh... <laughs> <laughs> <No> yeah. <way.
0: laughs>
4: <laughs> we got our house and we moved in, and, and the computer Boyfriend came. Boyfriend comes Marx. with Marks,
1: <laughs> or comes with excuse me. Fiance. Boyfriend comes with computer. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're a fiancé at the time. One thing I just to backtrack, just to touch, Victor. You said you're setting up a lookbook, and yep. I, I just thought some of our audience probably would like. What's a lookbook? I don't so, know what a lookbook is. Well, I, I think I, I know what he's talking about, but can it's, you explain it?
3: Yeah, when I when I first started started in this business all these years ago, basically the 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 law was producers uh, do not read screenplays. They don't like to read that many words, um, and so, so they would do things like saying, "Look, kid." Um, What's the TV guide listing on this project? Of course, you have to remember TV guide used to be the bible. Yeah, and um, so you'd say, well, um, wife's husband is murdered and wife goes on rampage and uh, to kill the victim and find justice. Boom, and they say, oh, I like that. That's for Lifetime or something. Well, that was before Lifetime, even. But so I'd sold a, a horror screenplay in 1980 uh, based on, on just a pitch, which was uh, I want to do a horror film in a hospital and the, in the the head of Columbia Pictures said, "I get this kid's agent on the phone." So that was that. And then, then it became you need a logline. They decided to call it a logline, not a TV guide listing. And then uh, f- logline, they said, "Well, we need a synopsis." So the synopsis is e- either one page or two pages of uh, how you you tell your screenplay. And now, <laughs> I've had meetings with people. And I said, "Wait a minute, I'm getting this the impression. We're talking about you're buying your your." you know funding our movie and you haven't read the screenplay (laughs) Uh, and uh... that's true and so now they have a thing called a lookbook which is either something that you can actually hold in your hands or it is uh... done in some sort of uh... one of the many formats on the uh... internet so that uh... a would be producer backer whatever can um click on his little mouse or her little mouse and it says um, what the project is, it gives you the log line, it gives you the synopsis, it shows you the actors they actually have letters of intent from or not, or the actors they like, and they kind of use uh, incredible fonts to give you the sense and the mood, and then um, some of them have uh, drawings, some have photographs, a lot of lush stuff. I haven't seen one with, with music yet, but I'm sure that's to come. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, so you'll get a whole new subset of uh, composers. I compose for lookbooks. Uh, I promise that, which I promise that, which you know no one can ever deliver. And so that's where we're headed, folks. And so we're working on a lookbook.
4: So it's basically like an art project explaining yeah. your movie. Yeah.
3: My summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's like oh, art
4: project slash scrapbooking right. for uh,
3: yeah. uh, we've hired a um a sketch artist to uh, kind of sketch out. So it's not a storyboard, but you're talking about maybe 10, 10 sketches to give the, the key scenes and we're going to lay dialogue over the top and bottom of those so that they get the sense and the mood and um, cause, so they don't mis, misinterpret um, what we're up to and sort of by reading one line inside out and backwards.
4: Picture book for producers.
3: Yeah, you go. All right. <laughs> my, t- my time is very valuable here. What do you got, kid?
4: I need a children's book with big pictures right now.
3: <laughs> it's where a guy goes around and a cho- I've got a children's book for you. The guy goes around looking down holes. Okay. <laughs> Give this guy some money. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> um, so, Jeff, you know, what, uh, what have you been up to recently? Uh, so,
2: mainly working on uh, Super Geeked Up, which uh, I guess I think just three episodes ago, right? We were on uh, your guys' show? Yeah. And that's uh, a geeky pop culture show we do live every week. Uh, we talk sci-fi, fantasy, superheroes, and then we play geek-themed games. And we have different guests on every week from you know movies, TV, web series. So, uh, we have a lot of fun doing that. And uh, that's on Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And that's been going great. And uh, in December, I became chairman, like you mentioned, of uh, IWTV, the International Academy of Web Television. And we had a really awesome award show in April where we honor, you know, the best in online content. Um, and fun. Mark's. Yeah. And you guys were there and Mark's, you were a big part of that, obviously. And and also trying to do, you know, uh, other stuff for IWTV, like Mark's mentioned, your content creators corner video series, um, which has been really cool. Um, you know, trying to provide benefits to and and educate, you know, in terms of how to make awesome web series. Uh, And uh, also uh, joined up with Frostbite Pictures, which is a really great uh, digital studio out of Vancouver. So working with them in in, like content acquisition and marketing promotion, um, you know, they're very much about uh, trying to find very high end online content and uh, develop that.
0: Awesome. And what have you been up to lately, Ian? Oh, you know, I'm so like, um, I've been continuing with sci-fi uh, SciFiPulse.net, obviously, mm-hmm. and the um, SFP Now uh, show on, on, here on Sci-Fi Pulse Radio, of course. Uh, but other than that, for the, last, uh, for the last three and a bit years, I've actually been learning and studying guitar, and for the last uh, couple of months, I've actually been studying music production. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of working on my very, very first composition of music, which is, you know, using quite a few guitars, a flute and, um, and, and drums. So it's, it's pretty basic music competition, but I'm kind of learning about how to bring it all together and, and, uh, compose, do all the EQing and, and, and all that great stuff.
1: Cool. Cool. Someday you can make a living making music for look books. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <There you
4: go. laughs> I still like calling them producer, uh, picture books for producers. Yes. yes. Picture books. So you
3: can do. Yeah. They, they might feel insulted
0: vaguely. They it's might. Vaguely,
4: yeah. If they catch up.
0: Yeah. Are yeah, you going right. to start using Are you going to start using scented paper stock so you can actually have something similar to Smelly Vision?
1: There might not be here so great in horror movies.
3: <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Perfect. Now we could we could do it especially for the sex scenes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Smells, that, like smells like sex.
4: Smells like sex. Maybe you just spritz like the old school, just spritz a little bit of your perfume on it. There. there you go. <laughs> I, have, I have lovely perfume. I'll just use that.
1: So we aired our first episode back in 2012.
4: Way back in Way 2012.
1: Way back then, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of stuffs. I think we've already touched a little bit on it, but you know, a lot of stuff's changed, uh, especially in entertainment since then and continues to change. Let's just talk a little bit about you know what's some of the more recent stuff that we've really enjoyed. Let's start with television shows because I think TV's really been uh, the last few years up in its game and quality and such. What are some of the TV shows right now that you guys are watching?
2: Uh, so I um, probably no surprise since uh, you know I do a, sh- a show. We talk a lot about superheroes and stuff. I've been really digging The Flash and Arrow. Mm-hmm. I think um, they've just done really, really good jobs with those shows. Greg Berlanti, who, who runs both those shows, is, is just doing a phenomenal job, I think. Um, just really okay. good writing and acting. Uh, and I've been really digging those shows. Um, I'm Daredevil? interested. Uh, I'm halfway through Daredevil. Okay. Um, I'll be honest, I do not think it's as good as everyone's raving about. Um, no. Yeah, uh, I, it's fine. Blasphemy. But, But I don't, I don't, I don't think it can touch the other shows I just mentioned. To be perfectly honest with you, so I got to finish it. But I got watching other stuff like Sense Eight, which maybe we'll talk about. That and actually, are we? Here's the thing, right? Are we? Are we including that as a TV show, Marks, or no? (laughs) Like the the Netflix shows?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I guess. I know. Okay, right. never. I That's think always you the
2: question. the right? look on
4: his face. I guess the answer is he wants to do that in a separate. Okay, department. yeah.
2: Well, I was gonna hold
1: off, but Julie you ruined for I the whole know. Thing, so I know.
4: Well, see, here's the thing. He didn't make
1: that clear to me. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get to sensei. We'll get to sensei because I know. Okay, forget about
4: Daredevil. Forget about all that stuff. Just keep going on the tangent you were going on before I ruined it.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Julia oh. ruined everything. <laughs> I'm kind of screwed then because one of the shows I was going to mention is actually an Amazon exclusive <laughs> oh
1: well let's just throw in web series and TV together let's just do that our streaming Mark, Mark's
0: series.
2: is so depressed now he's like I oh know, well
1: <laughs> <laughs> And that's an interesting element, too. Is this to talk one of the
4: things I'm going to be hearing about well, for a while. You know,
1: that's an interesting thing to talk about, too. Is back in 2012, that distinction was pretty firm between the two. And now. See,
4: now I think if with, I saw it on Netflix, I just think of it as a TV show.
1: Yeah, with Netflix and Amazon stuff, it's it's blurring that line quite a bit. That's the thing. They're all like, we're not, we're just going
2: to be saying series probably pretty soon from now on, right? We may not even be distinct between if it's online or it's. On TV, because most people, are, a lot of people are watching everything online anyway now.
1: I really think we will. I know on the IWTV Facebook group, there's been some discussions about that where people are wanting to stop calling their stuff web series. They want to call it original series or something like that. So yeah, I think that's going to... Maybe gonna they'll happen.
4: start saying short series, like if, if if you're doing like a traditional web series where something's maybe 15 minutes long, an well, episode... You know, versus uh, uh, like a Netflix original series, which would be like an hour or so, or a half hour or an hour traditional long. So maybe you would say an original short series. And then an original series, that kind I of I think thing. so,
1: like short films and feature films. Yeah. That's probably what's going to end up happening. Because a lot of the IWTV members, not all of them, but a lot of the shows would be that short category. If that
4: happens, can, can we just credit me for coming up with it? Because that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Damn
1: it.
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> ah. So uh, I'll throw in the two other ones that I'll let these guys go. Um, so Once Upon a Time, also I've mm. been loving the past few years. well, DeVille
4: was awesome at the end. She was good. Yeah.
2: And uh, and yeah, since we're working on Netflix and I just two days ago finished the first season of Sense8. Yes. Um, the Wachowskis and J. Michael Straczynski's new series. And oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> so it good. might actually be, might be my favorite show on, on right now um, after watching it. It's just, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you, you take eight like main characters and you weave like all those stories so amazingly together and they did it. Yeah. I was just, I don't know. I had such a euphoric feeling at the end of that series. It's
4: usually hard to just juggle half that many protagonists, you know, and, and to really develop them well. And they managed to do eight main characters plus supporting characters and develop them to the extent that, I mean, you really care about these characters and you really know them, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible.
2: Yes, everybody watch Sense Eight. Everyone watch
4: Sense
0: Eight. I'm going to talk more about it. Uh, and I, I and I, I think start... you should
4: watch Daredevil.
1: Sorry. <laughs> okay, Ian, I'm sorry. What have you been
0: watching? Yeah, I, I started Sense Eight last night. Uh, i just watched the first episode. Um, I'm not hooked yet, but you know I need to. I'm going to, have to watch another episode and see what that's like and see if it hooks me.
2: Yeah, keep going. It is it is a bit of a slow build. Some, i think for some people but if you stick with
0: it it'll pay off yeah well you know i, I started on that last night um like, so i've actually just watched once upon a time i actually mainlined all four series together and i i kind of spent the last two three weeks watching them
2: oh wow that's
0: we because we've, we've not we've not had it here in the uk we had it on channel five here in the uk they picked it up for two seasons and then decided it wasn't getting the ratings that they were expecting from it but they were showing it on a Sunday evening when nobody watches TV here <laughs> in the UK, and Netflix picked it up uh, here in the UK, okay. and, and just had, a, you know, I've just had to mainline nine four seasons to sort of like give it a go. Um, so I've, I've been watching that. Love Arrow, Love The Flash, Niking The Flash better than Arrow at the moment because yeah, Arrow's me too.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Arrow for
0: me this year was kind of like um, lost its way a little bit. I think. For me, um, but you know, the Flash song more than made up for it, especially with the crossover episodes, which worked really well. Quite looking forward to the uh, to the spin-off that they're doing next year. Lightning's of Tomorrow. Mm, yep. Yeah. And I like Daredevil. I thought Daredevil was really good. It was um you know, if anything, it's much, much darker than, than Arrow and the Flash. Yeah. Maybe that's what's putting a lot of people off because it's so 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 much darker and edgier. I didn't gotta cut me off um but in in a, so far as other shows there's a show I'm really looking forward to it's it's an amazon show and it's uh, based on the philip k dick book it's called man in the high castle yes yeah. it's like an alternative narrative of um, you know what would have happened if the if the Nazis had won the war and occupied the east coast of America while the Japanese occupied the west coast i think. And um, I seen a pilot episode for that on Amazon, and it was really, really good. Yeah, I think that's good. That sounds awesome.
2: Yeah, it was. The
1: pilot was quite good. I think that's going to be a winner for them.
4: That was really impressive.
0: <clears throat> yeah, they, they picked it up for a series. It's just a matter of uh, when when they're going to release it.
4: It's good, but I got to tell you, it's, it's almost exhausting after you get done. Emotionally just exhausting <laughs> when you're done <laughs> watching <laughs> but it. But it hooks you. Yeah, it is so well done.
1: What about you, Victor? What have you been watching? It doesn't have, uh, it doesn't no, have to be sci-fi. Fans.
4: No, it can be
3: anything. None of, none of the things you have listed. Um,
4: <laughs> good, we want variety.
3: My, my favorite uh, thing is on uh, Netflix, which is Peaky Blinders.
1: Oh, I've heard about that. Heard
3: it, is, uh, it is dark and wonderful and, and historical in the, in the sense that, because I don't do sci-fi and I don't do um, you know uh, ghosts and, and goblins and things, Sometimes I, 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 I will launch out, and so I have, I have watched Penny Dreadful, and I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying that. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, that's fun. And Children's Hospital is more my speed, and, uh, <laughs> which I absolutely adore. And then as our guilty pleasure to sit and laugh at because it is so dreadful, uh, Chicago PD, huh. um, whose star is a, uh, an actor of, of many years. And he talked like this. And, and we, my wife and I talked to each other this way through the whole thing, and our throats hurt afterwards. It's it just, I mean, we have we have too much time on our hands. We're both retired, and so um, we watch all kinds of things and say, oh, my God, who green-lighted this project? But, uh,
1: it's like it's, uh, it's Batman but, if he was a cop. <laughs> Batman voice. I,
3: on the only the only show that sort of vaguely I think like some of the ones you because we tried Arrow and we couldn't you know it was just too much but um, we could handle Gotham um, mm-hmm. which I liked it's uh, dark and and moody and it's kind of the prequel 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 of Batman yeah. uh, but otherwise that's that's I mean we watch far too much television and love it
1: have you tried mm-hmm. have you tried Daredevil you might like the Daredevil yeah
3: Nope, nope haven't I mean. There are only so many hours in a retired day. Come now.
4: Well, it's on Netflix, so you can catch it anytime. Yeah. You might want oh, to just check it. Yeah, check out the uh, check out the first episode and see what you think, because oh. it's it's it doesn't really have any real supernatural elements to it. Oh, and mm. well, and, and, I mean, but, that's
1: well, Daredevil, yeah. Kind of, but. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's. Uh,
4: okay, it's like a little bit of hyper reality in terms of what a person can do, but there's not like a lot of magic. The and
1: the, the showrunner basically said that when he made the show. He didn't want it to be considered a superhero show. He wanted it to be more like a crime drama, just happens to have some with some superpowers
4: yeah. in it. Well, but... I mean, he just can kick ass. I mean, that's.
3: Yeah. Oh, I forgot to put down Better Call Saul because that's it's not on right now. But oh, uh, oh yeah, that's a good show. That's the hatch the hatchery of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pre- I. Pre-
4: See, I can't get into, I, like, I watched some Breaking Bad, and I thought it was okay, but wow. I, I didn't, it didn't really She's only seen the first two, two seasons. Two seasons, but, but I just, I don't know. That's why our,
3: that's why our lists are so different, which yeah. I, I, that's the democratic uh, model of TV, which works fine for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And,
4: you know, and it's one of those things where it, it falls into the category of shows for me where I can watch it and go, I can tell it's really well written. And yep. it's really well acted and really well directed and it looks nice and the cast is awesome. It's just i don't I don't know the storylines just don't draw me in as well, but I can tell you it's really well done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, i've I've uh, seen shoes like that too. <laughs> they're, really, they're really nicely, nicely done and but I'm not going to wear them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> very, very much the same thing, yeah.
3: <laughs> so, for my opinion
1: on some of those, real quick, I'm really liking Flash. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like, it was a good, strong season one. I think the spinoff has a lot of potential.
4: Yes, definitely.
1: Oh, this is why we don't do these shows live.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite all right. I'll go find out who's trying to sell me something and be right back. <laughs>
1: um Bye. Okay. Uh, I, 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 was, <laughs> I was right. Don't be oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so,
0: Sorry, that was my cat.
1: <laughs> so Flash, strong season one. Um, I think Legends of Tomorrow has a lot of potential. Hopefully.
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
1: I think it'll be a fun show. I think for me, Arrow. I used to say when Arrow first premiered, I used to say Arrow is the best live-action superhero TV show to date. But to, for me personally, sorry Jeff, I think Daredevil kind of trumped that.
4: Yeah, I think Daredevil trumped it, and so did Flash.
1: Ooh. <laughs> and I think I think Arrow. I think Arrow has, for me, season three has had. An Identity crisis. I think little,
4: the flashbacks, I,
2: I will agree with that I a think, little bit. Yes, I it
4: think had some the trouble with the flashbacks, particularly in the second half of the season, were just a hot mess.
1: Yeah, the flashback element has become terrible, not, not as good as it was the first two seasons. And I feel like the show was like, we're gonna be dark and not too much like everybody's martial artists, but no powers. But because of Flash, that's kind of messed with the dynamics. And now Arrow is trying to figure out how it fits in that world, I think. Yeah. And that's, still, that's one of the – well, and also just from a writing –
4: Well, then I had to have superpowers because I had Ra's Ghul. Mm-hmm.
1: And just from a writing craft standpoint for season three for me, which I still enjoy, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, I still like but, it. But um, I do feel like some of the motivations of the characters seemed a little forced or a little bit sped up. Like, um, like to give you an example well, – I don't know if I'm going to spoil too much. Okay, but,
4: but Laurel's dad – Makes no freaking sense whatsoever in this season. I mean, it's just he's he's been. They wrote him ridiculously.
1: Yeah, well, that's my that's my personal opinion. I
0: think Daredevil. Obviously,
4: mine too, because I just said they wrote him ridiculously, (laughs) and uh, I liked him until now.
0: And I mean, you know, the guy that plays him is really good actor. Yeah, Uh, yeah. He's no, been, it's just it's just
4: been the writing for He's him.
0: He's good season. in everything.
1: Dresden Files he was even good. That show had his issues, but he was a great Dresden. Yeah, that show was a mess. But yeah, but you know, but Flash is also a very good show. It's just a different kind of show compared to Daredevil. It's if you want like lighter superheroes, that's a better show for someone. If you like darker superheroes, I really dig Daredevil. And Sense Eight, I you know I want to second that I think it was a really good show.
4: loved Sense Eight.
1: I think as you alluded to, Jeff, I think that one Thing that people like reviewers had a problem with is they felt like this pace was too slow, and someone said they made a twelve-hour movie, not a not a twelve-episode show. So yeah,
4: it's, and and that, it's that, but also I I think that the fact that it you know you can binge watch it that they just release them all at the same time kind of gives you the freedom to make it that way. You know, I mean, I I, th- I think instead of worrying about releasing week after week after week after week. The fact that Netflix, they have the option of just giving you the whole season at once, I think that that gives a little bit of creative freedom to do it that way. Yeah. Of course, that's just maybe my opinion and no one else agrees, (laughs) but that's how I feel about it. I've been still enjoying, even after it's got its issues, but I'm still loving Supernatural, of course.
1: Oh, yeah, Supernatural. Although I I forget. Jeff doesn't watch that show, as we learned.
4: Yeah, Although I don't know what they were thinking about how they ended this season. I was I was watching it going, Hey.
1: <laughs> and one other thing I wanted to mention I, I forgot at the time was Victor mentioned Children's Hospital and that's a show that used to be a web series
0: that got picked up from right. television. So just blurring that line even I've more.
4: I've seen that one.
0: It's a funny show. So it's kind of funny actually because we used to have I T V here in the UK. We used to have a used to have a have a TV show, a documentary. Uh, called Children's Hospital <laughs> ran during the 1990s um, I think and it was a it was it was actually all filmed on on location in in Liverpool where it, you know rains all the time there too so <laughs> <laughs> well
4: now speaking but, of the 90s there's going to be kind of a revival of 90s reboot shows coming up
1: Yeah, um, X-Files.
4: X-Files and Twin Peaks and I'm looking forward to both of those because I like I I really enjoyed them both.
1: Full House. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that one.
1: Wait, are they really? Full House. Full yeah. House.
4: Yeah, on Netflix. They're oh, calling no. it Fuller House.
1: Oh no. We're not making
4: this up. I promise you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not April Fools' today, so.
4: Yeah, um, but Twin Peaks—they're going to, and there it's going to be like that much time has actually passed, like the actual time, and they're going to get the.
1: I think so. I as hope so. much of the
4: original cast back as possible. And um, I, I, I sometimes still go back and watch a Twin Peaks episode up on Netflix. It's just so cool.
1: It's some pretty trippy stuff.
4: <laughs> it was really trippy. I loved it. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> I like weird.
0: I, I've, got, I've got to admit, um, I'm not really too uh, infused about bringing back The X-Files.
4: Well, I'm not either, because they seem to have royally effed up. Um, Well, the last season was just awful. Um, And then the movies they had since were awful. And and so I'm a little worried (laughs) that this is going to be awful. (laughs) I hope that they can recapture the original magic but um,
0: i'm gonna save myself to pain and just not bother watching
4: (laughs) yeah well you know i i have to it's it's like a a car accident or um a highlander movie like you know it's gonna suck (laughs) but you have to go see it anyway
2: yeah (laughs) nice reference
0: on the Highlander. yeah
4: and so yeah you know you you can't help it you just sucked in
0: i'm curious yeah very curious now, that's the unfortunate thing with the in under movies though. The the actual T V series wound up being better and making more sense than the movies. Yeah, the oh, it was, was awesome. Good.
4: Yeah, I loved yeah. the series. I mean the last season wasn't real great and the spin off was kind of blah, but um it was a really, really good show.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I still to this day love Mythos. <laughs> Peter Wingfield. Oh,
2: Mythos is the man.
4: Peter Wingfield is such a good actor and that character was just perfect for him and all I mean just the host show was so good.
0: Talking about Scottish Highlands and stuff. Matt. Have any Have any of you seen Outlander?
4: I've seen the first episode and I did really like it. I just haven't. Like Victor said, there's only so many hours. I have to wait. Marx has to watch the first episode with me too. And then we can start
1: watching it. No pressure, Marks. Yeah. Marks really has good. to watch
4: the first. Are you catching this? I have witnesses. Marks <laughs> has to watch the first episode with me. I think, so I can I think I'm
1: ingrained it. against it because I feel like even though it's got Roger Moore... And it's got, you know, from Battlestar Galactica, and then it's Roger got... Moore? Yeah.
0: Is Roger Moore in it? No, Ra- Ronald, yes. Ronald Moore. Oh,
1: Ronald Moore. I'm sorry, Ronald Moore. <laughs> Ron Moore, Ron Moore, sorry. Ron Moore from Battlestar Galactica. i know,
2: you just intrigued me. I was like, I want to watch Roger Moore in it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, created Ballast- showrunner Battlestar Galactica remake, and... Um, and I hear good stuff about it. It just it, the first impulse is like a historical romance, time travel thing. So, so I'm always, as a man, is, I'm always like, I don't know. So what you're
4: saying is, if it's a female lead and it's
0: I don't mind a female lead. Buffy the and, Vampire and, Slayer is great.
4: And it's not about her like supernaturally kicking ass. You you don't want to watch.
0: Dude, there's it. quite there's quite a lot of nudity and sex in it. Oh, so from the, I'm watching it tomorrow. you could watch it just yeah. Okay, <laughs> Dude,
4: seriously, just why know. didn't I there think you about tantalizing you have told me about, about that. this? <laughs> Thank you, Ian. I, I should have really gone with that angle. I don't know what I was thinking.
0: Unfortunately, Young not Sensei, you don't have the discard the discarded dildo scene, no. which was quite <laughs>
4: <laughs> I you know, they got a little graphic in Sensei, to be honest. Uh, I... Yeah,
0: I don't I don't think it's as bad as everybody says it
2: is though. I think it's just like any other kind of HBO type show, you know?
4: Yeah.
1: It is. They just did some really interesting things. So
2: but yeah. <laughs>
4: some of it, yeah.
2: interesting things but it was a little, awesome. I, it's
4: not so much i didn't i don't really mind the sex on sensate but there were times where they spent a lot of time with that and i wish they would have done a little less of that just to move the story along and spent more time moving the story along a little more in those episodes you know what i mean
0: it can't be any worse than true blood
4: no no but true blood was campy and ridiculous and meant to be You know, like Sense8, there's like this one episode where I'm like, it's not that I'm a prude and I don't like the sex. It's just that I wish they would have moved the plot, spent that time moving the plot along a little faster, (laughs) you
1: know, but I I still
4: really liked it. But yeah, I was just kind of like, it's not that I'm a prude, but I mean, like we're all adults, so we all know what sex is. I think, um, along. one more
1: thing I should, I forgot to say about Sense8 is I think what's really cool about the Wachowski siblings is that, or Wachowskis, I'll just say Wachowskis.
4: Wachowskis, I think
1: is what they say, Um, is I really like how how they, they like to take multiple genres and different characters and interweave them in unique ways you've never seen before. Because they did that with Cloud Atlas.
4: I loved Cloud Atlas.
1: And um, so it's obviously something that they like to do, and, I, and it's something intriguing and different than, than you ever see. It's very challenging, and that's why sometimes critics don't always dig it as much at first but I have to applaud them for that. Plus they shot everything on, it was all location, no sets. And it was in like, what, eight, nine countries. Yeah. Yeah. They
2: shot all over the world.
4: All over the world. And I love the diversity of the cast. And, and uh, I mean, they have a transgender actress, Uh, you know, they have people from these other countries who really are, you know, I mean, they didn't just hire all Americans and have them do
1: a bunch of accents, you know, (laughs) Okay, we we gotta move on here. But so, we can talk
4: about TV shows all day. That could be all
1: day. Yeah, I think we need to skip ahead. Actually, let's let's, because we have two writers with us.
4: Yeah. Oh I, yeah, we have writers. Just kidding. I know.
1: We're you. all. Who, two, we're all. Who's the second one? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have Victor obviously with us. He is a, an award winning writer, and Jeff is a writer. We're we're all of us to some extent are writers, I guess. But but for our guests here, we always like to give a little writing tips. And if you guys have a writing tip to share, I think that would be great. Uh, if you want to start, whoever wants Victor or Jeff wants to start. Which one? Start?
3: I'll have Victor go. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I'll have my writing tips are questions <laughs> and the question, questions to ask yourself. Where does your story start best? Because a lot of times people start the story like a year or two earlier than it needs to, or they start it a year or two, or a week or two, or an hour or two too late look at things like that start to ask yourself where am I starting you know I know what the whole story is I know what the backstory is and and the the ending and everything else but where am I gonna pitch the people and then the other thing is seems to me well I'll give you three things Um, am I telegraphing too much and uh, my wife and I uh, call that instead of foreshadowing we call it 12 shadowing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is is my foreshadowing 12 shadowing or 3.5 shadowing uh so it's always a good idea to look at that and five please avoid exposition have and ask yourself uh how am i telling the audience the facts i need them to know am i having people just sort of for no good reason whatsoever say hi, Jeff, it's nice to meet you, though I've never met you before, and though I hear good things about you from the following people. (laughs) I I heard you had a a terrible foot problem. Um, You know, so just stop already with the exposition, and uh, people will love you. And that's it for me.
4: That reminds me of that Highlander Highlander, movie where Duncan McLeod goes, meet those. The 5,000-year-old mythos, the world's oldest man. How I did it. And I mean, that honest to God is like their conversation. It was painful. Yeah, every
1: time I hear about exposition, that always pops in my head. Marx
4: and I will occasionally go, Hello, mythos, the world's oldest man. How have the last 5,000 years been treating you?
2: (laughs) I think he should have said, Hello, mythos, I hear you had a foot problem. (laughs)
3: That I could get into.
4: It started back in the Bronze
1: Age. uh, Yes, right. (laughs) Uh, What about you, Jeff? What would you like to share?
2: Uh, So one big thing I would say is persistence. Um, In terms of, like for me, the most success I've had writing is when like every single day I dedicate, you know, a certain number of hours to work on it. And I just, and I guess is really a better word as well. Just like, like if I'm going to get something done and really get a project, done, I got to, I, I just, I make myself, I work on it every day and not just necessarily actually writing the script, but some kind of work, you know, if it's on the characters or the story or an outline or whatever, I think that particularly if you're like a beginning writer, I think if you can get those good habits and that will really help you get things done, uh, much more quickly. And I guess the other thing I would say is, I mean, and it just depends. Everybody writes differently, of course. But for me, um, I spend a lot of time planning things out. So um, I don't think you need to rush into actually trying to write the actual script. So I spend a lot of time, you know, developing the characters, planning out the story, a lot of time working on my outline and trying to get everything really working and into place. And by the time I actually then write the script, that actually usually goes quite quickly, that process, because I've spent so much time doing all that other work. So for me, I think that that's a big help. So yeah, so those are two things I can think of.
1: Awesome. And Ian, do you have something? If not from a writing perspective, you definitely have a gazillion, multiple years of experience being a critic and reviewing gazillion episodes and such of TV shows. Do you have something you would suggest for writers?
0: Yeah, don't read other
1: people's reviews. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually not a bad. That's no, actually suggestion a pretty good advice. Be careful about reviews because if you get a bad review, of course, it hurts your confidence. If you get a good review, it might uh, either inflate your confidence too much or or make you put a lot of pressure on you to to make something better the next time. So,
0: yeah, what what I find is um, you know, and this this is this is more to do with a general public sort of thing. Um, I watched that Kingsman Secret Service a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Um, I, I, basically, I really loved it. I thought it was fantastic fun. And I basically got it, I, I purchased the video on Amazon Prime and um, watched it, really enjoyed it. And I, I made a note on my Facebook, watching Kingsman, um, you know, Secret Service, and my, my nephew, Jake, comments, oh, I've read reviews for it. The the kind of mixed, what's it like? And uh, says, well, you know, I'm enjoying it, but I don't read the reviews.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: and, and the reason I don't read reviews is because I, I kind of think it kind of, um, you know, you, you can kind of read the reviews and take them so seriously, and um, and it's not really, it's not really allowing you to sort of like, um, you know, inform your own viewpoint or something on on something.
4: And you know, I almost never agree with the reviews. <laughs> almost I never. never. I, I mean, everything critics hate, I love. And the things that critics love, I loathe most of the time. And I like, I just, I don't really get into. You know, I just, I've come to the conclusion that I'm just so weird that almost no one shares my opinion on things. So I don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> I think, I think to be honest, if you're reading other all, all people's reviews and letting those um, influence you and inform you, you're kind of like, uh, you, you, you're not formulating your own 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 opinion and your own viewpoint. Yeah, and. I think what makes a really interesting writer, whether it's sort of like fiction, whether it's reviews, whether it's doing interviews and stuff like that, is a writer that's able to sort of like um, have their own viewpoint on something.
1: Mm-hmm. So one writing tip I would like to share, I've been reading a lot of writing books. I always have, but last year I've read like... I don't know, 50 or plus probably. It's, he has a problem.
4: Not. It's really an addiction.
1: <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Pa- partially because I'm looking for guests too to be on the show and partially because I'm just really interested in the crafter of writing. It's
4: because you have a problem. <laughs> I'm
1: just saying. I think one thing I would share with, with newer writers especially is I think, you, I think it's good to learn craft from people and take workshops and stuff like that. But I think you, you must always realize – that every writer has their own path to how they write and how they create. And that like you're never going to, I think especially beginning writers, they, they want a formula of exactly how you're supposed to do it. What you learn is there is no formula works for everybody at all. And there are those people who want to plot and outline everything in advance before they write. There's those people who, who hate that concept. It stagnates their creativity and they want to write as they go. And there's people all in between. There's people who want to write chronologically. There's people who don't want to write chronologically. They want to be more sporadic and put it all together like a, p- a puzzle piece. So um,
4: know thyself.
1: Basically. <laughs> yeah, you need to to uh, learn, adapt, and then take what works for you. And and then of course, most of all, write a bunch, and you'll you'll find your voice and figure out your what works best for you. That is great advice.
4: Write a bunch. It's basically like the chimp at the typewriter. If you just keep going at it, at some point <laughs> something's going to work. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like anyway, it's kind of funny,
0: Mark, you're, Mark, you're interviewing a lot of writers. I've made, I found myself interviewing quite a few composers.
1: Yeah, well, that makes you know, sense. Yeah.
0: Music studies in that, so
1: yeah. And uh, do you have anything you want to add, Julie?
4: Just do it. I don't know. Just do
1: it. <laughs> Nike said it best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think those are awesome tips. So we probably need to start wrapping up and. We like to wrap it up with each of your favorite fictional character quotes. So a quote from a fictional character that speaks to you in some way, either because it mirrors a worldview, its, it's message means something to you, or maybe it, you just find it really funny. Who, who wants to go first?
3: Well, I will go first because I have one that I just say at least once a day to somebody uh, who's absolutely stunned by the truth. It comes from Raising Arizona, which is one of my absolute favorite movies. And it comes out of the voice of uh, the character played by Nicolas Cage. No, I'm sorry. Oh, God, no, I'm, I'm backwards. I. The, that was one I was going to go with. Instead, I'm going with the one from The Jerk, Steve Martin.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: And, and he turns after, you know, he tells the head of the carnival that he's no good at guessing people's weight. And the guy points out to him that. You know that it doesn't matter whether you you uh, get them correctly or not. They're gonna, they you're gonna give them like a fifty cent prize uh, prize for five bucks. And so he says, "Oh, I get it, and it's a profit deal." <laughs> and I say that all the time because you know it's just so shocking that everything has a price tag on it, <laughs>
1: and,
3: uh, especially in this business, kiddos. Who wants to go That's
1: next? That's funny. I think it's a good quote. Yes. So I, I was actually, I can't, I'm shocked. This
2: actually came up earlier in the episode. My quote was going to be, oh, you're mythos, the oldest man alive. How's that? <laughs> <like, laughs> not, not really. Uh, so, <laughs> now that will be my new quote, though, I say. All right. So I'm going to use, you, you guys, you know, I was just recently on your show and I had a Sherlock Holmes quote then, So I'm going to use a different one this time. Okay. So I will take... Um, from one of my all-time favorite movies, Braveheart, uh, the quote is "Every man dies, not every man really lives," which I've always just thought is an am- amazing line.
3: Yeah, it's a profit deal. Gone,
4: Freedom, but
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Easiest quote to remember ever. <laughs> no, that's a good quote. So. That is a
4: good one. All right, Ian.
0: Um, mine's from um, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Um, when They're trying to fit the Millennium Falcon and they're going through the asteroid field. And uh, C3PO goes to a uh, Han Solo, and the odds of navigating and he goes, Never tell me the odds! <laughs> yeah, I just, yes, I just love that quote. And the reason I love that quote is because I'm dyslexic, so the odds have, have always been against me being a writer because I, I don't, sort of I like see words in, 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 in the same ways as other people do. Um, so, I'm also like a bit jiggly <laughs> when, when reading. And funny enough, I find writing easier than reading, but that's just because I know where all the keys are on my, on my keyboard. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, they're all memorized. <laughs> and there's also the fact that I, I'm also um, on the autistic spectrum. So, right from a very young age, the odds have always been kind of stacked against me, sort of thing. So, so and it's I, I've always. Han
4: Solo. How can you not love Han Solo?
0: Well, absolutely. You know, and he did I, fire I thought, first.
4: He shot true. first. True. And,
0: you know, and the one mistake he made was getting romantically involved with Princess Leia. Ah. Oh, I love uh, that. What? And,
4: no. Oh, really? I love what he.
0: Come on. Him, they're the what perfect What did you guys. want
4: her and her brother to get together? Come on. <laughs> I love whenever, Yeah,
1: he's like, yeah, that incest suddenly, is great. Suddenly turns into Game of Thrones.
4: Yeah. Ew. <laughs> I love whenever uh, she says, I love you, and he says, I know. <laughs> that is so great. No, but that's not my quote. Okay, so my quote comes from one of my favorite books, The Handmaid's Tale, by Margaret Atwood. And it is, Nolite te bastardes carborundurum, which means, it's not real Latin, but it means, uh, don't let the bastards grind you down. <laughs> and uh, it was, if if you've read the book, you understand. If not, read the book. It is a really awesome book. <laughs> Has anyone read that book? It's awesome. I haven't. Oh my gosh, it's Margaret Atwood, The Handmaid's Tale. It's a, it's a dystopian future, and it's 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 really good. I read it in beginning of university, and it blew me away. It was awesome.
1: So similar to that, I like quotes that tell you, you know, keep moving forward and, and not give up, kind of deal. Uh, and I almost was going to quote Conan because of if you watched Sense8, you know what Conan. Was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I used to like Rocky quite a bit when I was a kid especially since I did martial arts a lot when I was a kid um, so so fighting stuff was always interesting to me and stuff from Rocky nobody's gonna hit as hard as life but it ain't how hard you can hit it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward it's how much you can take and keep moving forward that's how winning's done
4: that's good. oh I kinda yeah, that's, liked your yeah. other one though
1: and then that was from Rocky Balboa when he's yeah. talking
0: to his right
1: yeah and then, uh, and then another one that's that is a more funny version of that in a way, at least from from staying alive, whatever obstacles that happen, is is Arthur Dent from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Woohoo! I don't want to die now. I've still got a headache. I don't want to go to heaven with a headache. I'd be all cross. I wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> so, See, I'm
4: familiar with that one. Much to Marx's chagrin, I've not actually seen Rocky. So
1: I know, right? That's an American.
4: Mark says I'm an American (laughs) because
1: I have not seen Rocky. All right. Well, this has been a great show, guys. Before we go, would each of you share with our audience where they can find you and your work online?
3: Um, VictorMiller.com will find uh, my bibliography, my biography, and uh, uh, an email connection so that if you... I read people's screenplays for free. Uh, I don't steal their ideas. So if you actually have committed something to uh, to a word or a final draft or something, you can send it to me. I may not get to it immediately because I was, I have one or two stacked up, but uh, I will. And I will please be gentle. <laughs> <laughs>
4: awesome. It's very cool. Okay,
3: Jeff.
2: Uh, so you can check out Super Geeked Up, which is the geeky pop culture show I do at SuperGeekedUp.com. We're live right there on the homepage every Wednesday, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. But you can also watch all the past episodes there as well. We've done almost 140 at this point. And um, if you are a web series creator or interested in getting involved in that, the International Academy of Web Television, IAWTV, is at iawtv.org. And you can find more about there and about becoming a member. And you can see Mark's cool uh, video series there as well and a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, and uh, on twitter the best place to reach me is at super up great and
0: ian oh you can find uh, you can find my stuff at um sci-fi pulse.net and i'm also on sci-fi pulse i i host um, sfp now which is kind of like every couple of weeks because we kind of alternate with with this show genre attainment so
1: all right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> I'm saying
4: everyone who's listening knows they can find us at Genretainment.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, we'll have an outro at the end of this. Yes. So. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot, everybody.
4: We really appreciate you guys taking your time to do this. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right.
4: Thank you. You all have a good evening.
0: Adios. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye. Smoke, guys. Hi, I'm George Straton, screenwriter of Hercules and Xena: Warrior Princess, and you're listening to Genretainment.
4: Well, thanks to Victor, Jeff, and Ian for joining us for this special episode. And thank you to all of you listeners for sticking with us for 100 episodes. We hope you stay with us for another 100.
1: So what's next? Well, we're taking a couple weeks off for me to work on some film projects. Mm -hmm. But then we'll be back with all new episodes, including an episode with writer Christy Marks and an episode with author-filmmaker Christopher Kentworthy.
4: Christy has written for classic animation series like G.I. Joe, Spider-Man, and His Amazing Friends. Mm. Yeah, and Jem and the Holograms. And for comic books like Sisterhood of Steel, Amethyst, Sword of Sorcery, and Birds of Prey. And writing for all sorts of video games and TV shows. She is also the author of the book Writing for Animation, Comics, and Games. And we talk to her about all of that and more. And Christopher is the author of the best-selling Master Shots series of books and we'll talk to him about writing and filmmaking and learn more about his Master Shots book and his newest book, Shoot Like Tarantino. But before we go, we want to point out the music you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the theme song for our web series, Reality On Demand. It was a song composed and performed by our friend Tishon Hardy. You can find our web series at realityondemandseries.com. And we also want to remind you that you can keep track of us on our Genretainment Facebook page, Marx's Twitter account, which is at Mr. Marks, our website at Genretainment.com, or all of the shows at Sci-FiPulseRadio.com.
1: So that's it for today's Genretainment. We'll be back soon with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series.
4: Genretainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions.
1: Until 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 next time. time.
4: and monkey